Welcome to the Debutiful Podcast Feed. This is the first taste reading series where each week I invite an author to read from their new book and answer a few short questions. You can find Debutiful on the internet at debutiful.net and on all social media at Debutiful. Today's guest has had their fiction and essays appear in Wired, Lit Hub, Electric Literature, The Los Angeles Review of Books, The Believer, Bomb, and The Best American Experimental Writing 2020. They currently live in Brooklyn. Their new novel, The Nature Book, is out now. Please welcome Tom Kamita. Hey, Tom. How you doing today? Oh, yeah. Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to get you on the pod to chat about uh, the nature book. Um, what is the book from, like, what's the book about from your perspective? How how do you pitch it to people? <laughs> yeah. So the book is a collage of nature descriptions from 300 other novels that I've collaged into one novel that is just nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just that. Like, there's cliffhangers, there's characters, um, and you know, story arcs and these things. And and basically it follows um, the four seasons, oceans, jungles, islands, outer space, prairies, mountains, and deserts. And so it tries to map patterns on how we've like beheld and distorted and spoken through countless animals and weather patterns and uh, landforms for like 300 years. For sure. And uh, what part of the book will you be reading for us today? Yeah, I thought I would read um, the first two and a half pages. Cool. All right, we'll take it away and I'll be back to ask questions. Okay. Since the beginning, time was a form of sustenance, pleasant as the spring, comfortable as the summer, fruitful as autumn, dreadful as winter. Weeks, months, seasons passed with dreamlike slowness, and the earth moved in its diurnal course. To a waiting horse, perhaps time passed with torturous languor. To a tree, this phenomenon was common enough. Much more unusual was the fact that years passed, and by some accident, another tree arrived, and flowers, and birds, and insects. On earth, time was marked by the sun and moon, by rotations that distinguished day from night. The present was a speck that kept blinking, brightening, and diminishing, something neither alive nor dead. How long did it last? One second? Less? It was always in flux. In the time it took to consider it, it slipped away. There were times, though, especially towards the end of a long, cold, dark winter, when time slowed to an operatic present, a pure present. Sun was all shrouded over with mist and could no longer shine brightly, and the snow began to fall straight and steadily from a sky without wind, in a soft universal diffusion, a continuous symphony. At such a moment, it seemed that time stopped. The day and the scene harmonized in accord, words. Was it the shifting colors? The snow fell so thick that it was only by peering closely that such heavy flakes blended like the elements of color. Elements that, somewhere in the grid of time, would recede and show that, amid the prostration of the larger animal species, the few nearby trees and plants 
buried under amorphous white cloaks and winter storms. Time disappeared, and it was like seeing all time, as you might see a stretch of mountains. All time. The slow passage of years. The constant alterations. It was all ephemeral, filmy, dreamy. It was the mystery of creation, the stupendous miracle of recreation, the vast rhythm of the seasons, measured, alternative, the sun and the stars keeping time as the eternal symphony of reproduction swung in its tremendous cadences like the colossal pendulum of an almighty machine. Primordial energy flung out from the hand of the Lord God himself, immortal, calm, infinitely strong. The earth was at work, as it is always at work, and it moved slowly. A thousand times in the future, this irresistible movement would change the aspect of the earth's surface. The mountains continued to push upward. New forming land would rise from the sea to be weathered by storm and wind. Sometimes the sea would wash in bits of animal calcium, or a thundering storm would rip away a cliff face and throw its remnants over the shore. At other intervals, flowers would bloom, spectral substance vibrating in silent winds of accelerated time. Time-lapse of a million billion flowers opening their heads, of a million billion flowers bowing, closing their heads again, of a million billion new flowers opening instead, of a million billion buds becoming leaves, then the leaves falling off and rotting into earth, of a million billion twigs splitting into a million billion brand new buds. The grass would be growing and dying back to nothingness, in much the same fashion. Wherever sun sunned and rain rained and snow snowed, wherever life sprouted and decayed, places were alike. Winter was long. Spring was a very flame of green. On certain spring days, there was a hint of summer in the air. In the shadows, it was cool. But the sun was warm, which meant good times coming. When the days were longer, when summer afternoons were spacious, laughter was on the earth. Primroses were broad and full of pale abandon. The lush dark green of hyacinths was a sea, with buds rising like pale corn. The rich odor of roses and the light summer wind stirred amidst the trees. Flowers, acre after acre, bloomed side by side, each bathed in the sun, each held in the wind's sway, each deeply rooted in the rich dark soil. Poppies, sunflowers, daffodils, dogwoods, tigerwoods waved in the sun, and the days were bright with the colored balls of song as the birds tossed back and forth, small, unspeckled birds. These were the realities of the external world. The book is, I, I saw you post on Instagram, like your weird little book. Uh, so it's a weird book. How did you even come up with this idea of pulling these passages to create this book? Yeah, yeah. So I, in 2017, I was a poet and I did a lot of collage work. And mm -hmm. I was also the kind of poet who would write something new for each reading. And a friend of mine, Koda Azawa, this artist, uh, invited me to give a reading at a 
an exhibition of his. And so I found this video of his that had just came out called City of Nature, where he took shots of uh, of nature from feature length movies like the rivers of Fitzcarraldo, which flow into the rivers of Deliverance, which flow into the rivers of Rambo, which then flow into the Sea of Jaws and, sl- and swept away. Um, he took these shots and then rotoscoped them and like, which was just like drawing over them. Mm-hmm. And I was really drawn to it because a lot of his work in the past had been about violence in American culture, depictions of violence. And then there was this video that was just nature. Mm-hmm. And so it made me wonder if it was pointed to something kind of pernicious about the process of flattening and framing the world. And so that made me think, well, what if I tried something with novels? I, I tried a short, a short story with it. And then <laughs> very early on, I thought, oh, God, it it has to be a novel. It has to take mm-hmm. the form of the thing it's drawing from. And here we are 11 years later. And oh, finally, yeah. it's a book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the the entire time you're working on it, um, I guess, like, w- what were like the challenges that you came across? Uh, Normally, mm. I mean, I, I think this is such a unique book that I'm asking like very basic questions, but I, I feel sure, like yeah. re- readers would really love to know how this all came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, biggest challenge was I taught myself how to write a novel Um, (laughs) and then but yeah I mean the process was basically um, I spent a year going through text files just Mm. copying and pasting nature descriptions into a document Um, and then I spent a summer I the end of that year happened to coincide with the residency where I had like a lot of table space Mm -hmm. and so I just had a summer just cutting up these 1500 pages of nature descriptions I had gotten and putting them into different categories like here's an ocean table, here's a desert table. And then trying to make, just search for patterns. Like each of those macro categories had like a lot of negative language, a lot of positive language. And often the negative language was centered around like bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, um, But the positive, the, the sunny language is like the devil in the, in the, in the desert, but it's like, of course, ecstatic and happy elsewhere. So, but then looking at these, these tables and for instance taking like the desert and noticing oh there's a lot of horses here so maybe i can make like a string together a narrative out of that um and so really just it was just a process of like searching the whole time and um it took a long time and that was probably the hardest thing it took me that was 2016 when i started writing this version and it wasn't until 2019 that i sent it off to like agents and coffee house who ended up putting it out. And um, I guess it's not so long, three years of that kind of condensed collaging, but um, it was hard. One of the hardest things also is like, I, I would say like, Oh, I want to, I want to say this one thing, but because I'm only using found language, I can't do it. Yeah. I need to find somebody else who said it in a, in a different way. And sometimes they didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, I was looking on your website and I think there's like photos of, of, or maybe I'm, there's a photo of you with like a yeah. wall of papers and like, was it a lot? I mean, and you, I'm just envisioning the, the, the tables, but like, yeah, was it just a lot of printing and like really collage work, like almost then? Yeah. By hand at first. And then, and then I would digitize it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, it was very physical in that way. Um, and, and also that led to some like chance elements, you know, because it's, it is all like cut up and 
I might see two things juxtapos- juxtaposed by accident that mm-hmm. work together. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was very manually composed, but then polished on my computer. Definitely. And uh, uh, part of what Day Beautiful does a lot is like talking about the writer or the artist, right, as as a whole. You mentioned you mm-hmm. wrote a lot of poetry. Uh, your website also talks about a lot of like me- like multimedia projects you're doing. What yeah. is your brief bio of how you became the author of the nature book? Yeah, yeah. So when I was from like middle school until 22, I identified as like a songwriter composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 20, at age 22, I just realized that I was more interested in the words and I decided I wanted to become a poet and, you know, applied to go to MFA schools and did that. But I think that the best answer to your question is that at that time, when I decided I'd become a poet, um, I, for some reason, had the feeling that my job was to get to know the materials of that I'm working with, like how a traditional painter would. And mm-hmm. I, you know, traditional painters like, you know, get to know like the pigments and mixing pigments and stretching canvas and building that. And so in writing, it was, um, the the materials are the visual aspect of writing. The sound the writing is also uh, sound material uh, languages. Uh, there's also like the context, like online publication performance. And so I really kind of went hard into each of these. I became like a sound poet, a visual poet. Um, and then like also played a lot with these contexts. You know, I like was doing these like guerrilla operas where I uh, had like 40 people in a bookstore all like singing from books on the shelves. And so there was like no audience in the end, you know, playing with these contexts. Yeah. But then getting to the novel, like becoming a novelist, you know, when I was a poet, I also was the kind of a lot of my peers and I were pretty skeptical of novels. Um, this idea, you know, kind of creating this immersive experience that kind of distracts from the problems of language, which so many novels do. And so when I first had my novel ideas, they were kind of like these punk like mm-hmm. critiques, you know, I mean, the nature book is kind of like the worst novel idea imaginable. It's everything nobody wants in books. It's also, of course, a comment on how we think about nature, but it is also, you know, an, like an anti-novel in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did like a kind of uh, accelerationist version of like national novel writing month where I wrote novels in a night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if you have to fill 180 pages and you want to make create some kind of a narrative, you know, it really makes you challenge what it means to write a novel. I don't know if I still think of those as like the strongest novels that I wrote, but I'm just bringing this up in that I, I entered being into a fiction writer in a kind of like, as a way to like critique this form that yeah. I saw as like pretty mass markety. Mm-hmm. I then learned that actually nonfiction is even more, lucrative so uh maybe my next project will be nonfiction. <laughs> yeah <laughs> although i'm not making that money so yeah <laughs> sure yeah yeah and, and and i guess that like where do you see your writing going like i mean we joke about mm. nonfiction, but do you see yourself doing a more traditional novel ever do you never see yourself doing that well i i, I guess i did write a traditional novel um mm. the next project uh i've already written the next two novels mm. uh basically 
so the, it's a two book project and i i made a public opinion poll with this survey design expert at johns hopkins like the kind of poll that marketers and politicians use mm -hmm. and the poll asks everything like what's your favorite basically every aspect of a novel what's your favorite mm. setting what what kind of characters do you want to read about what activities do you want these characters to be doing what's your favorite genre everything do you want experimental do you like want it to be fantastical and so i took the data and i wrote the most wanted novel with everything people wanted and the most mm -hmm. unwanted with everything people didn't want and so the most wanted was a traditional thriller so i like watched like every master class class by like dan brown and mm -hmm. like james patterson david baldacci these people and i wrote a 250 page thriller about a woman fighting a murderous spiritual leader who has a quantum computer <laughs> um that was what that's the general like log line of yeah the most wanted in the united states based on this data and then the most unwanted is like a 500 page experimental epistolary romance novel hmm. um set on mars on christmas eve uh far in the future when and it involves um oh yeah when when cats have taken over earth and because <laughs> people don't want to read about talking cats um and it's about elder, elderly aristocratic tennis players searching for love across mars but because people also don't want historical fiction and classic literature and horror in the middle of this weird romance novel there's a vr rabbit hole of like different historical fiction kind of timings yeah. uh there's collage elements of classic literature like frankenstein and um robinson crusoe and then there's a horror collection of horror stories right in the middle of the novel like 120 pages of just <laughs> horror stories <laughs> uh -huh. so that one was fun to write yeah. but yeah so i wrote the funny thing is, I won't say who the publisher is, but at the moment we've not landed it, but one of the big five publishers, one of the editors there read the most unwanted and was like, uh, don't know if we want this. The other editor, she sent it to her other editor friend and he didn't know the conceit and was like, this, thrill this is a really good thriller. So, uh, uh, so I guess I, I have written a traditional novel. Thank you so much to Tom for joining the Day Beautiful podcast to talk about their new novel, The Nature Book. You can find them on the internet at TomCommitted.com and on Instagram and Twitter at TomCommitted. You can find Day Beautiful at DayBeautiful.net and follow us on all social media at DayBeautiful. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful. Beautiful.